I'm Don Mockholtz, and you're listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 95, for the week of October 27th, 2021. The related website for this podcast is donmockholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z dot com, two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, October 27th, the moon is 60% full in the morning sky. By next Tuesday, November 2nd, the moon will be a slim crescent in the morning sky. This gives us plenty of moonless hours in the evenings and into the morning. Time to get out and look at Venus, Saturn, Jupiter, Neptune, and Uranus. And those deep sky objects look great too. Venus is now about as far as it will get from the sun in degrees some 47 degrees. It is very bright at magnitude minus 4.43, and it will brighten even more to minus 4.67 by early December. But by then it will appear closer to the sun. This week, try two things. Try to see Venus before sunset, and then after the sky gets dark, see if you can see a shadow cast by the light of Venus. Halloween is coming up this week in much of the world. This is an opportunity to set up your telescope and show the heavens to the trick-or-treaters. What's up on October 31st? The moon will not rise until after 2 a.m., so that will not be a target. The brightest object is the planet Venus in the west. The next brightest is Jupiter and then Saturn. Those three planets are enough to keep you busy all night long. The costumes some of the kids wear may impede looking through the eyepiece, so be patient. The parents, and there's always some parents out there, will appreciate the views too. Beware of those young teens out to cause trouble. In about three weeks, we have a partial lunar eclipse, and you might want to start planning for it now. It will be early in the morning of Friday, November 19th. North America is well-placed for this eclipse, and South America will see some of it, as will Australia. A lunar eclipse occurs when a full moon passes through the Earth's shadow. The full moon is up all night. Anyone who can see the moon can see the eclipse, and that is half the world. The moon, this time, will not go through the center of the Earth's shadow, but it glides through the southern portion of it. Most of the moon will be inside the Earth's central shadow, known as the Umbria. 97% will be inside this, so this is a rather hefty partial lunar eclipse. The center of it occurs at 4.03 Eastern Standard Time, which is 103 Pacific Standard Time. In the past, 
We have held star parties for very late night or early morning astronomical events. And the attendance is sparse. Usually only a few people show up. Instead, you might want to write an article for a local paper or local radio or TV station and encourage interested observers to see the event from their own backyards. We will discuss this lunar eclipse more in this podcast in a couple of weeks. Two weeks after that, on December 4th, there will be a total solar eclipse, but it will be visible only in the Antarctica area. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week? which for our purposes begins Wednesday, October 27th through Tuesday, November 2nd. It depends upon where you are located. This week we have five zones. All you need to know is your latitude. North of 63 degrees north, you will not be able to see it at all. Between 38 and 68 degrees north, The International Space Station will be in your morning sky for the whole week. There is a large part of the world that will not see the International Space Station this week, and that's between 20 degrees south and 38 degrees north, not this week. Between 35 and 20 degrees south, the ISS will be in your evening sky for at least part of the week. And further south of that, south of 35 degrees south, Argentina, New Zealand, the ISS will be in your evening sky for almost the whole week. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location, then click on ISS. This is a good time to observe a few comets. We have more than a half a dozen comets brighter than magnitude 12. Seldom do we have this many comets this bright. And with the moon leaving the sky, get out there and see them before they dim out. The comets are plotted on Podcast 95 Maps 1 and 2. For more detailed real-time positions and for maps, go to heavens-above.com and click on Comets. Here is a rundown of the comets you can see these nights, and we start with those in the evening sky and move eastward into the morning sky. Comets are scattered around the sky. About 15 degrees south of the planet Saturn is a periodic comet 6P DRA. It is spelled small d apostrophe capital A-R-R-E-S-T. It is presently magnitude 10, and it is already moving away from both the Earth and the Sun. It was discovered in 1851, and this is its 21st observed return. It takes 6.5 years to orbit the Sun. Further north is Comet 2017 K2 Palomar. Discovered more than four years ago, This comet is in the constellation Hercules. It is still a year away from perihelion, its closest point to the sun, at 1.8 astronomical units or 1.8 times the distance from the Earth to the sun. 
This is a big comet, and it's presently magnitude 11.5 because it's five times further from the sun than we are. Next year at this time, it will be magnitude 6 or 7, an easy binocular object in the evening southern sky. Next up is periodic comet Schwarzman-Wachmann, also known as 29PSW1. It stays in a nearly circular orbit, but about as far away as the planet Jupiter. On occasion, it outburst, and a few weeks ago, it brightened up to magnitude 10.5. It is now a bit fainter at magnitude 13. This is a good comet to monitor. Rising about midnight, we find three comets forming a north-south line. In the southern part of the constellation Gemini, we find periodic comet Phe, also known as 4P slash This comet is presently magnitude 10.5 and will remain about that bright as it moves away from the sun but slightly closer to us. It was discovered in 1843, and this is its 22nd observed return. It takes seven and a half years to go around the sun. North of that comet in central Gemini, we find comet 67P, churyumov gerasimenko at magnitude 9.5. This spacecraft Rosetta visited this comet so we have a pretty good idea what it looks like. It reaches its closest point to the sun this week, and it's only 40 million miles from us. It was discovered in 1967. North of that, the third comet here in a line, between Gemini and Lynx, we find comet 2019 L3 Atlas. It is very distant, 3.6 astronomical units from the sun, and it's slowly getting closer to us. Comet Atlas is holding steady at magnitude 10.5. Next we have Comet 2021A1 Leonard. It will probably be the brightest comet of the year. Greg Leonard, who works at the Catalina Sky Survey in Arizona, discovered this on images early this year. It is presently magnitude 11 and moving slowly through the constellation Ursa Major. In early December, it picks up speed as it moves towards the sun in the morning sky, and by then it should be visible in binoculars. On December 12th, it passes north of the sun and from the morning sky into the evening sky. A few days later, December 17th, it moves south of the sun, and it is best seen after that in the southern evening sky. In the morning sky and south of the constellation Corvus is periodic comet 8P Tuttle. It is not visible from the northern hemisphere. Presently, it is magnitude 9.5, and it has a 13-year orbit. Let's do a little experiment. This concerns the constellations and how we perceive them. The maps that I produce each podcast and did again this week, Podcast 95, Maps 1 is of the evening sky, Map 2 is of the morning sky. 
They show the sky with the constellation stick figures drawn in. When you and I and other experienced observers step outside and look at the night sky, we see the stars. But we also tend to draw the lines between the stars. But to those new to astronomy, those lines cannot even be imagined. To help illustrate that point, I've published two more maps, Podcast 95 Map 3 and Map 4, which do not have the constellation stick figures drawn in. Take a minute to look at those. Can you trace out the constellations dot to dot? I have trouble finding some of the constellations on these two maps, the winter sky being easier for me than the summer sky. That is what some experience when they look at the night sky for the first time and try to figure out those constellations. That is why we always ask those new to astronomy to learn the constellations first. Each week, I publish at least two maps, one for the evening sky and one for the morning sky. This helps us to see what's up in the sky, the planets and comets and so on, and for those new to astronomy to learn the constellations. To recap the podcast, what's up this coming week? Lots of dark sky before the late moonrise, so get out and see the planets, stars, and comets. Plan something for Halloween and prepare for the November 19th partial lunar eclipse. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don, podcast episode number 95 for October 27th, 2021. I'm Don Mockholtz. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmockholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C. H-H-O-L-Z dot com. Two H's. You can contact me at donthastronomer at gmail.com. Once again, that is donthastronomer at gmail.com. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We will discuss what's up in the sky. And the planet Uranus comes to opposition. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.